Blog Talk Radio. Happy Saturday to all my fellow friends out there, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I thank you for tuning in. This morning, we're going to talk turkey, and I don't mean recipes for turkey either. Jean Bauer, the president and co-founder of Farm Sanctuary, will be stopping by to explain his organization's Adopt a Turkey program, along with compassionate alternatives for celebrating Thanksgiving. Then, after our halftime break, Marianne Dell, our Pet Place book reviewer, has a brand new batch of animal-related stories to go over with us that will make fabulous holiday gifts. So keep your radio set on KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and we'll get started after a quick message from the station. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and it's my pleasure to introduce the president and co-founder of Farm Sanctuary to the program. It's Gene Bauer. Welcome to the Pet Place, Gene. Hi, Marie. It's great to be with you. Well, we've talked about Farm Sanctuary in the past, and it's really one of my favorite organizations, kind of near and dear to my heart. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners, remind them if they've tuned in before, what Farm Sanctuary is. Well, Farm Sanctuary is an organization that works to raise awareness about how farm animals are being mistreated today in the food production system. We educate people. We also advocate for laws to end some of the worst abuses these animals endure. And we operate three sanctuaries for animals who have been rescued. We have one farm in upstate New York and two farms in California. And once the animals come to us, they are our friends, not our food. They're allowed to live out their lives. And people are encouraged to come visit and get to know the animals. We also do events on the farm. And it's just a great sanctuary for animals and also for people. Wow. How many animals are on the the different farms? Well, between the three, we care for approximately 1,000. Our farm in Washington, New York, and Orland, California are our largest farms with the the most acreage. Uh, The farm in Southern California is near Los Angeles, and that's smaller. So we have about uh, a little over 100 animals at the farm near L.A., Mm -hmm. and then about four or 500 at the other at each of the other two farms. Wow. And you have cows and chickens and pigs, and what else? That is right. Cows, chickens, pigs, turkeys, uh, sheep, goats, ducks, uh, rabbits. I mean, these are all animals that have been rescued from abuse, and we focus primarily on the animals that people tend to eat. So okay. we have lots of chickens and turkeys and cows and pigs, for example, and it's our belief that when people get to know these animals as individuals, as living, feeling creatures, and have a chance to look into their eyes and to get to know them, uh, they're going to think differently about eating them. Excellent. So people really do get to see that these animals have personalities and they're not just lumps of meat that they see in the grocery store. That's exactly right. They have feelings. They have complex emotional lives. They develop relationships with other animals and with people. They want to enjoy life and and experience pleasure and and uh, just like cats and dogs and other animals and people. Exactly. So when people get to know that and get to connect with these animals, it can have some profound impact. 
And you mentioned you have some turkeys, and this is the time of year that a lot of people are thinking about turkeys, and probably not in the way that turkeys want to be thought about, I'm sure. (laughs) And so you have a special program called Adopt-A-Turkey. Can you tell me about that? That's exactly right. For Thanksgiving, we encourage people to save a turkey instead of eating one, and we have the Adopt-A-Turkey program where people can adopt a turkey who lives at Farm Sanctuary, and they get a picture of the turkey they're helping us care for, they get updates about his or her life, and they get updates from Farm Sanctuary about the work we're doing. So it's a great way to celebrate the holiday, and when people receive the picture of their turkey in the mail, um, they oftentimes will use that to educate others. They will take that picture to work, for example, and put it on their desk, and as Thanksgiving Day approaches, some of the coworkers will come over and see the picture, and, and they'll, they'll begin a discussion about the fact that these are living, feeling animals and that some people are now starting to sponsor and save these animals instead of eating them. That's outstanding. And I know turkeys probably aren't the most attractive birds to a lot of people. I, I actually think they're pretty charming personally, but they have such character in their look. I, tell me about some of the special stories for some of the turkeys that are being featured in this program. Well, you know, turkeys are very friendly. You know, so many people have come and visited and have really been touched by how interested the turkeys are in meeting new people. Um, Sometimes when you go out to the pasture and just sit down on the ground, the turkeys will come up to you and sometimes they'll just sit on your lap and they want to cuddle, they want to be your friend. So that is something that I think people are really moved by. And when you look into the face of these animals, there seems to be a sort of wisdom there uh, and a a naturalness that human beings sometimes tend to lose. So turkeys are wonderful animals, and we love it when people can come and get to know them. That's pretty cool, because I know a lot of people believe in the public myth that turkeys are stupid, and, and that's not at all true. And I think if they have the opportunity to come and actually see them and see that they do have intelligence and they do have a personality, it, it does, as you say, have quite an impact. And if they hear about their stories, what is the most phenomenal rescue story that you could share with our listeners? Well, you know, of a turkey? From one of our turkeys that are being featured in the Adopt-A-Turkey program. Yeah, well, you know, the turkeys sometimes will fall off of trucks um, oh. before they come to us, and so that is a pretty common occurrence because these animals are raised by in such large numbers, and uh, a number of them will fall through the cracks. Um, for this year, you know, I should actually look at our Adopted Turkey website, and we have them all featured right there. Um, um, but they are, you know, they, they come from various places. You know, in some cases there are workers, that will contact us because they don't like what is happening to these animals, and they will contact us and, and bring us some individuals. Um, so they, they come from a variety of different places. You mentioned you have a website. Um, what is that website that listeners can go to and check out some of the profiles? Yeah, it's farmsanctuary.org, and when you get there, you'll see information on adopting a turkey, and... Um, and then you can just go to that. And, you know, one of the turkeys that's there now is Turpentine, for example. He's somebody that lots of people know because he's very, very friendly. He's sort of known as a photo bomber. You know, a lot of people <laughs> taking pictures on the farm, and Turpentine just sort of shows up. But he, he, was, he was being raised for slaughter, Aww. and a farmer who was going to kill him just 
you know, was touched by him and didn't want to kill him. So he contacted us, and we were able to provide turpentine with a home. And so he's one of the the featured turkeys this year. Oh, that's very cool. Now, when the animals come to Farm Sanctuary, do they stay there for the rest of their life, or can somebody actually adopt them, not just support them financially, but actually provide a home? It can happen both ways. Uh, Once the animals come to Farm Sanctuary, they will either live out their lives at our sanctuary, or if we can find a good home, we will adopt them into a good home. But for most people, um, you know, adopting a cow or a pig or even a turkey is not very practical because a lot of people live in cities and, and don't have the space and don't have the proper facilities. So that's why we have the Adopt-a-Turkey program for this time of year especially. But for people who do have some land and, and the proper facilities, we are always looking for new homes. So people can contact Farm Sanctuary if they are interested in adopting an animal and we can talk about it and see if we can make that happen. Well, that would be great because I know you only have limited resources and if, and you're probably always getting new animals in. So if some of these guys can get placed into loving forever homes, I'm sure that would be optimal for everybody. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, every sanctuary has limited space. Every time we can place an animal, it means there's one more we can take. That would be really nice. I know that a lot of people, as they're listening to this, they might be going, well, you know, the the animals on the sanctuary are cool, and, and I love animals, but I'm still going to eat my turkey dinner. And and I have a lot of friends who still eat their turkey dinners, and, and they're just not going to change. <laughs> what do you say yeah. to people like that? What kind of alternatives, what kind of menu items can you put out on the table to make everybody excited about a humane Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, well, there's something called tofurkey, which is a loaf that looks a little bit like turkey and has stuffing in it. Um, there are, of course, all the other things that you normally eat at Thanksgiving, like pumpkin and squash and uh, potatoes and stuffing and cornbread and cranberries and pumpkin pie, and all of that can be made vegan. So, um, you know, for people that are used to eating the, the dead turkey, you know, sometimes it does take time to change. But for people who are going to eat meat, I would say eat less is, is, is a step in the right direction and start replacing animal foods with plant foods And over time, you come to recognize that there are enormous varieties of plant-based foods that are tasty and satisfying, and you can get everything you need without without killing an animal for food. Absolutely, and cooking all boils down to seasoning anyway. If you know how to cook and you know how to season food, you can make absolutely delicious meals. And you don't have to, you know, I'm not a big fan of tofurkey, but I have so many other recipes that, that I just really enjoy serving. So so we don't have the fake turkey at our Thanksgiving, but we have lots of other delicious, humane menu items that, that I think everybody pretty much enjoys. Yeah, and, you know, you can stuff a squash instead of a turkey as well. Absolutely, and that is delicious. In fact, that's what I'm cooking this year. <laughs> you must have been nice. reading my mind. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And then the pecan pie. Um, on, on the Farm Sanctuary website, there's also recipes from Chef Chloe Costarelli. Oh, cool. And those were actually featured in Reader's Digest. Wow. These were vegan Thanksgiving recipes, so those are also available on the Farm Sanctuary website. Well, what is your website? It's farmsanctuary.org. 
Okay, and then you could just, it's an obvious link there for the recipes. Yeah, at the top there's a three different items that come up. One is for adopted turkey, one is for the recipes, and one is for visiting our three sanctuaries. So, um, you know, right at the, the banner at the top of the page will include, you, you'll see the recipes if you just wait for that that one to come through. Okay, so that's farmsanctuary.org. Jean, I absolutely love what your organization does, and I'm so glad that the turkeys in your care will truly have a happy Thanksgiving, and I appreciate that you were able to spend a little time with us this morning. I really enjoy speaking to you, so thanks so much for helping to raise awareness, uh, and let's all have a happy, compassionate Thanksgiving. Definitely. It's time to take a quick break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with more of The Pet Place on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and here now is Marianne Dell with a brand new batch of books that she just reviewed. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? I'm great, Marie. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm so glad you have a new batch of books because we're getting into the holiday season, and I know these books always make great gifts. They do, and these are some real special ones, I think. So what do you have for us today? All right. Well, these are several books that are picture books um, with small amounts of text or no text or a little bit more, kind of kind of uh, varied. But uh, all of them are great just for the pictures. Okay, so these are so, like coffee table books then. Well, only one of them is actually coffee table size. The others are much smaller. Almost small enough to put in a stocking, but not quite. (laughs) Ah, excellent. Well, I know your first title is Devoted, and that sounds very intriguing. Yeah, this is by Rebecca Asher Walsh, and it's $14.95, and it's about the human-animal bond, all involving dogs. And it's got 38 different stories of, as Asher Walsh puts it, love, loyalty, and life with dogs. Nice. And you may have heard of some of these dogs. I think an awful lot of people, probably our listeners, have heard of Faith, the dog who was born with only two working legs or hind legs. Oh, is this the one that was on TV all over the place? She was on Oprah and a few other places, and she walks on her hind legs. That is amazing. And she does therapy work and, of course, has pretty much changed the life of her people. There's the story of a Doberman named Brock, who is the inspiration for Pilots and Paws, which is a wonderful group. I'm actually working with them right now. Oh, very cool. Try to transport a dog. These are private pilots who pair with rescue groups to get dogs from point A to point B all over the country. We've had them on the show a couple of times. It's a great organization. Excellent. Yeah, they are wonderful. And there's photos of the dogs and a little story about the dogs. There's a little... Extra info, if it's a specific breed, the author writes a little bit about the breed, where it comes from, what it's known for, what its job is meant to be. Um, And one of my favorites is about a cattle dog mix named Hooch, who belongs to, um, belonged, I believe, I think Hooch has gone to the Rainbow Bridge, but her owner, Sean Herbert, was a skydiver and a scuba diver, all kinds of adventure stuff. Well, Hooch didn't want to be left alone. 
So he designed, he took her on a plane once when he was diving, and the dive master said, you're not keeping that dog on the plane after you get off. So he shoved her inside his jacket and took off, and she just loved it. No way. So he made her a little harness, <laughs> so she hung from his chest. And she had, oh, of course, her doggles on. Uh-huh. And he also made a scuba helmet for her using a lamp, <laughs> part of a lamp that um, wow. I assume was pressure-proof. Uh-huh. And um, he had someone design a scuba outfit for her, <laughs> and she went scuba diving with him. <laughs> And, uh, and these are all in pictures in the book. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And it's just wonderful, wonderful little stories, and it's well-written, and anyone who's had a dog who's shared their life with a dog, or any other animal for that matter, will just love it. And this is a National Geographic book, right? This is National Geographic, So yes. the photographs are probably gorgeous. They are wonderful, wow. yes. Okay, so that's Devoted by Rebecca Asher Walsh. Correct. And you can get that anywhere or just online? I think so. Um, you probably can get it anywhere. Certainly, I'm sure it's available on Amazon or through National Geographic's website. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about your next title now, Bless the Dogs. Yes. This is by the Monks of New Skeet, who many people will remember for their training books. They have there in New York State, and they have raised and trained German Shepherds. Um. This is primarily a photo book, and the photographer Vincent Romeni has just done gorgeous, gorgeous work with photos of dogs enjoying themselves, uh, running, playing in the surf, chasing balls, also puppies, and dogs with people, and you can really see the bond in the photos of the dogs and the people. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Monks of New Skeet because they do use some aversive methods like choke chains. Mm. Um, admittedly, they don't use them to the extent that some other trainers might, but still, not the methods I prefer. Absolutely. But this book has nothing to do with training. It's just all about the human-animal bond. It's all about the human-animal bond. There is one, and, and it's got... It's got writing throughout that, as the monks say, is a meditation on our lives with dogs and how they change our lives. And there is there is a quote about training, and it's one of my favorites because I used to be one of these people, admittedly. And it says, people sometimes cringe at the thought of training as if its purpose were to quench a dog's spirit. Nonsense. Ultimately, training is about freedom. And that's very true. Because the more you train your dog, the more your bond deepens and the more you create a relationship wherein you do not have to be on top of your dog all the time telling him to get off the counter, get off the couch, walk nicely on the leash, etc., etc. Chew with dogs and chew with kids. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works, isn't it? (laughs) Definitely. Okay. Well, let's move on to our next book. Kittenhood, the life-size portraits of kittens in their first 12 weeks. Okay, that sounds like that's right up my alley. Yes. I, a while back, I did Puppyhood. Um, actually, I think it was called Puppies. Um, very similar book in the same vein. This is photos of 12-week kittens and younger, mm-hmm. shot on white, so it's just the cat. 
and it's got their name and the breed of cat they are and how old they are and how much they weigh. Some of them don't weigh very much, as we know small kittens don't. Right. But, oh, my gosh, they are just adorable. Big <laughs> eyes, um, some unusual breeds. I'm not, as we've discussed, as big a cat person as I am a dog person, so I don't know as much about cats as I do dogs. Yeah, I think they'll have to work on you, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I'd have them if I could. <laughs> I had one cat once, and he was truly wonderful. Um, like I'd never heard of a ragamuffin. I've heard of rag dolls. Mm-hmm. And she, this little Janie, um, who's in the book, looks kind of similar to a rag doll, but um, she's called a ragamuffin. And yeah. she's just got the prettiest gray eyes staring right at the camera. Wow. Um, and, you know, for someone like me who's not particularly a cat person, it's still just an absolutely charming book. Oh, excellent. And this is the one of the four that I have today that actually is coffee table size. Oh, nice. They're, they're life-size pictures. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and the puppy book was life-size pictures, yes. too, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. That's very cool. And yeah. how much does that one sell for? This one is twenty nine ninety five, okay. and the author is Sarah Beth Earnhardt. Excellent. Well, let's talk about your last title, Beautiful Old Dogs, a loving tribute to our senior best friends. I like okay. this. I saved my best for last because I have such a soft spot in my heart for the old ones. You do. Many of the dogs I take out of the shelters are older dogs who have been dumped there for one reason or another or who have gotten loose and been found and no one came looking for them. And I just think it's wonderful to have a book that admits to the beauty of an older animal and how much soul they have. Oh, definitely. Um, in fact, the, the focus of the book is photographs by a man named Gary Gross, perhaps it's Gross, G-R-O-S-S, okay. who was a commercial photographer, and in later life he switched gears and became a dog trainer. Hmm. And he worked with Victoria Stillwell, who many of our listeners may know from It's Me or the Dog, right. and they formed an organization called Dog Trainers of New York. Um, in fact, Stillwell has written one of the introductions in the book. Well, he died, Gross died in 2010, but there were all these photographs, and uh, David Tabatsky, who's the editor, just wanted to put them out there for people to see, and they are absolutely gorgeous. They show the heart and soul of older dogs, and there are essays with them about different dogs wow. and um, their meaning. You know, the people who've written the essays know the dogs they're writing about, and they talk about their lives with them and how wonderful the dogs are. And uh, this is a hard one for me to put down because it's just so much fun reading it and just so wonderful, and it really, really spoke to me. And I would hope that maybe some people with middle-aged or younger dogs might pick up something like this or this book in particular and read it and say, "Mm, you know, this is a good part of their lives. Absolutely. So many people, when they have a dog that starts getting older, they start thinking, well, maybe that now's the time to have the dog euthanized because it's Mm -hmm. developing various issues as it gets older, and rather than dealing with it, that's their first thought. Or worse, they'll uh, take it down. Well, I don't know if it's worse, but about the same. They'll take it down to a shelter and just relinquish it and say, Mm -hmm. you know, give some kind of excuse for why they're doing that. Yeah, and there's really not much opportunity for those dogs to find a home. No, no no one goes to the animal shelter saying, I'm looking for a 14-year-old dog with cataracts and arthritis. Do you have any of those? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and yet there's so many of them there. Mm-hmm. They've given their whole life 
devoted and loyal to their families. And then when they need their families most, their families discard them like yesterday's newspaper. I know. I know. It's very sad. It is. And that's where you do most of your rescue work, as you were mentioning earlier. And I I (laughs) enjoy seeing all of your Facebook posts and all of these senior animals, these beautiful senior animals that you're trying to find homes for. And and I am so in admiration of all the work that you do. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. In fact, I'm off this afternoon to get another one. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know how you can do that. (laughs) He has a foster home. Oh, that's good. That's good. So so you don't have 500 dogs in your own house? No. Okay. (laughs) No, I have three dogs. (laughs) That's that's all we'll say on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Hey, Marianne, we have have just a couple of minutes left, and and you and I were talking uh, off the radio about... Another little item that would make a terrific holiday gift for people yes. out there, and that's the California Pet Lovers Plate, which are now officially being released. I just got mine uh, just yesterday and put it on my, my truck, and I'm thrilled. Me too. I just got mine on Monday. Yay. <laughs> and uh, They say span neuter saves lives, and they have beautiful artwork by actor Pierce Brosnan, and the money for these special plates actually goes to spay and neuter programs in California, so they're they're wonderful all around. Yes, it really is. It's a wonderful, wonderful program, and I'm so happy to support it, and I was so thrilled when I got my my, uh, notice that my plate was ready. Now, they're about the same price. Actually, they are the same price Mm -hmm. as all the other specialty plates in California, uh, but if you want to get all the details about it, you could just go to California Pet Lovers Plate on the Internet and find out all the information and order one for yourself or a loved one. Yes, and I think what's really cool about them is the ones that are just sequential. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones I've seen have words like pup and mutt on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're actually animal-related, which I think is very cool. Ah, uh, Awesome. <laughs> Well, Marianne, I sure appreciate you coming on the show. You bring some great books for everybody, and we just have a lot of fun and and enjoy your reviews. Well, thank you, Marie. It's always a pleasure to be here. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, we've got a lot more for you here on the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Gila, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. And I have a great one for you today. The 11th annual Long Beach Thanksgiving Day Turkey Trot is just around the corner. That's November 28th, by the way, so get it on your calendar right away. This special event has become so popular, there are actually four start times. At 7 a.m., a combo 5 and 10K race will begin. An hour later at 8 a.m., another combo 5 and 10K race gets started. At 9 a.m., one more 10K race begins. And at 10 a.m., a final 5K race gets going. For you real ambitious runners out there, you can enter all the races. And just for kids, a half-mile wingbing race gets going at 9.10 a.m. The festivities will be held at 1 Granada Avenue in Long Beach, and proceeds from the race will be donated to beach cleanups, animal programs, and kids' events. For more information, go to facebook.com slash longbeachturkeytrot. 
Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.